Well, we have here in our gospel today uh, the Pharisees, who are a, a frequent, you know, uh, topic of Jesus' discourses, and um, they're being portrayed as they usually are in the in the gospels in a very negative light. Okay, kind of like a, a negative example, an example of what we shouldn't be like, and. Um, I think it's it's well known and understood that maybe the chief fault or vice of the the Pharisees was pride, and um, we see this theme of pride and humility in the first reading, and also too in our responsorial psalm, uh, the poor. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The poor in the Bible are oftentimes kind of a, a synonymous with humble, with humility, with with the humble. Uh, now you can be actually materially rich and be a humble person, or you can be materially poor and be a prideful person. But sometimes there is a correlation. You know, sometimes there's a correlation. The more material wealth we have, the more we're tempted to be prideful. So it's kind of like the percentage of prideful people amongst the wealthy are a little higher than they are amongst the amongst those who are poor. Um, also, a line here uh, from our first reading from Zephaniah. It talks about. Um, uh, God coming and establishing his kingdom and God's righteousness being established in the world. And it says, I will remove, at that time, I will remove from your midst the proud braggarts. So so pride and, and bragging, you know, <coughs> bragging going along with pride. Um, you know, God save me, God save all of us from, from bragging. Um, bragging is a terrible thing. It really is. Uh, it's almost like when the person brags, it's like, He's, he or she's talking to himself and <laughs> just happens to be doing that in the presence of other people. And then all the more pathetic is it if someone around them says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's terrible. It's very, very, you know, the person's collapsed in on themselves and they're looking at themselves. So this uh, this whole thing of, of looking at oneself, having one's attention totally collapsed in on oneself, I think it's relevant to uh, the our feast day today is uh, we celebrate the feast day of St. Lucy, uh, which is a beautiful feast day. And uh, we're familiar with her iconography. She has this, she has, she's given us her eyes. <laughs> so if you've ever seen the pictures of Lucy's got the platter and her eyes are sitting on the platter. And uh, St. Lucy was one of these ancient, ancient uh, virgin martyrs who had made a vow of, cha- of perfect chastity and, um, and then this, uh, a wealthy, powerful Roman pagan wants to marry her, and she refuses, and then they kill her. And it's that—it's this pattern that's actually repeated. Probably there's 12 to 15 very famous ancient virgins around the time of the, uh, the early, uh, late third century and early fourth century who this happened to them. Lucy's one of them, and one of the tortures they say they gouged out her eyes. And uh, she's known as a virgin, so she's she's, she's chaste. But yet also there's humility involved in this. And I think um, that there's a relationship between chastity and humility. Uh, and I think maybe the, the kind of connecting thread is, has to do with attention. It's like, you know, with our eyes, it's very interesting. The human eye is amazing. You can, the eye can kind of look this way, and I'm not, a, I'm not aware of all of this, but then I can look that way and, and be aware of all of that. So the eye has the power to scope out so much, but it, it can only be aware of so much at one time. Okay. So also I think our minds and the eyes of our minds and the eyes of our hearts have that ability to focus okay, and change the direction of our, our internal attention. 
And so the question, I think, for both chastity and humility is where is our attention? Where is our inner attention being directed? Is it being directed at the self or is it being directed at others? Um, God's power uh, and his excellence is displayed all throughout the created universe. And if we're able to keep the eyes of our hearts and our minds focused on God's excellence as it's displayed in other people and in creation and keep it off of the excellencies that might be displayed in our own person, uh, that's what humility is. That's what humility is. And um, I, I think there's a relationship there with chastity as well because it has to do with the eyes, where your attention is. What, is, what are you feeding yourself with and bringing into your, um, into your mind? Um, you know, I think modern people uh, are often skeptical that anybody can live a chaste life, really. I mean, I, I really do think that, that we're, we've become so debased in the area of chastity that we are cynical like that. Anybody can, oh yeah, you can really live a chaste life. Come on, give me a break. You're doing something on the side there, buddy. Come on, we know it. We know the truth. Come on, admit it, admit it. I think that that is the kind of me modern mentality. But you know, uh, for as widespread as the vices of, a, a vice of unchastity is in our modern era, when you go to other countries that don't have all the digital technology they, by nature, live a more chaste life. It's much easier for them. Youth can actually grow up without being completely perverted by pornography and the Internet and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's possible. That's actually possible. And, and it's uh, because of their eyes are not directed on the you know, unchaste images. It's kind of a simple, it's kind of a simple um, principle and truth. Um, so it has a lot to do with what we're directing our eyes and the inner inner attention as well. So we have here just some prayers about St. Lucy. These two I'll just read to you and, we'll, and I'll shut up and sit down. It says, Your handmaids were always careful to love you with whole and undivided attention. Whole and undivided attention. So it's like where our attention goes, that's where the power of love is directed. Power of love and admiration. And the, the chaste person... Uh, oh, by the great, a great little story, probably apocryphal, from uh, the martyrdom of Lucy is there. Uh, they can't stand the fact that she is, you know, totally dedicated her her body and her virginity to Christ, and they want to corrupt her, and so they're going to bring her to a brothel. Okay, and so they're trying to drag her to the brothel, but miraculously she stays put. She's she's fixed on the ground. They can't move her. And they actually. Um, hitch up a whole team of oxen to her and they try to <laughs> drag her with these oxen and she's just like immobile like a rock stuck to this one place. That's a powerful image to me, this team of oxen trying to pull her to the brothel and they can't move her. Um, but that's the power of chastity. It's like totally fixed on God and the love of the human heart is directed towards God uh, and others in God, other human beings in God. So it says, your handmaids were always careful to love you with whole and undivided attention, that they might be holy in body and spirit. Um, and then it says, through their intercession, grant that the lure of this passing world may not distract our attention from you. And then finally, our closing, our uh, opening prayer, which we already heard, it says, um, may the glorious intercession of the Virgin and Martyr St. Lucy give us a new heart O Lord, that we may celebrate her heavenly birthday in this present age. And so behold things eternal. So it's all about the eyes. Where are we directing our eyes so, so that we can behold things eternal? 
in this time of year, it's getting very dark uh, during Advent's time of darkness, you know. Um, but our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, can be uh, illumined by the light of Christ, uh, towards whom we should we should direct all our attention, uh, and thus grow in chastity and and in humility. Uh, Christ, our light, uh, whom we await for on Christmas Day.